Hi everyone, welcome to Camila Cava Food Photography Podcast, a place where I interview talents in the industry to extract valuable lessons. I'm Camila Cava and today I'm joined by Eva Naka, Los Angeles photography sensation, founder and owner of Naka Studios and a highly accomplished commercial photographer. Evan's career has exploded in recent years and he's found a loyal community of 420,000 followers on TikTok for his never-ending supply of exciting, engaging and educational behind-the-scenes content. Evan has done work for brands like White Claw, Trough and Morph Cosmetics. Join us as we talk about social media, client shoots, balancing long-term projects as an independent creator and of course, food photography. Hi, Evan, and welcome. Hi, Evan. Welcome on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing good. Well, it's 8 a.m. here in Los Angeles, so it's, uh, you know, our day's just getting started, but so far, so good. <laughs> nice. Exciting. Exciting. So um, if that's okay for listeners that don't know you, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Evan Tanaka. I go by Evan Naka on Instagram and social media. Um, I'm a photographer, videographer. I've been doing this for for a while now, handful of years, and I work a lot with lifestyle photography, videography, and I probably am best known for a lot of my product photography. Um, just, I don't know, maybe this is too too much too soon, but like my whole idea and concept of like, photography especially around product photography is i love bringing life to all the images and because i think a lot of times you know product photography gets a bad rap and i think people think it's boring on in a sense and they just think of such a traditional like oh white seamless put a product there but um i don't know i just i see it very differently and i like bringing life to images and uh trying to kind of show a little bit more of what that product actually is uh-huh. That's so interesting that you say, because I'm a food photographer and I have exactly the same with food photography. Like yeah. I need some sort of action in my image to just bring that image more to life, as you say. So that's really Absolutely. cool, I think, what you do. Really, really cool. And uh, how long have you been photographing now? I mean, so it's been on and off probably now for seven or eight years. I've been doing professional, professional work more like five years. Um, and uh-huh. then now just recently going on my own freelancing uh having naka studios now for about two years so in the grand scheme of things not that long but yeah it's been a it's been a it feels like a bit a long journey to get here sick interesting um yeah actually one of the questions i wanted to ask you is um naka studios indeed um because you have eva naka as a personal brand but also Mm -hmm. naka studios Yes. Um, could you tell more about Naka Studios and why you decided to yeah, separate basically your personal separate. branding into more like a studio? Absolutely. So it's always been my goal since the beginning of like, like realizing that, you know, I want to make photography and videography my career. I've always wanted to work mm-hmm. at an agency that was, you know, right out of school. Like, well, first off, I went to undergrad and I didn't go for photography or anything like that. I went to grad school and I didn't go for photography or anything like that, but I knew I wanted to be in marketing and I wanted to be a part of an agency. So that's always been my goal. Um, and then when I started picking up the camera and realizing that I, you know, I love taking photos, I love creating it videos. Um, and it was, that was the most fun part for me. That became a huge piece of my career goal. 
uh, but that Naka Studios where I can bring people together, we can create together, we can collaborate with brands and put on bigger productions. That's what Naka Studios is there for. And then myself as the creator, obviously kind of showing more of the behind the scenes, how I set this up, giving back to people who are in a similar position as I am where you know, again, I didn't go to school for this. A lot of people out there didn't go to school for this. And YouTube is great. And but a lot of times with the intricacies or how to set up a certain shot or I mean, they just want like little quick snippets and, you know, help with, you know, yeah. how are they going to get better as a photographer? So that's really what Evan Naka social media is for. And then Naka Studios is to put together uh, the bigger productions. The bigger, basically working with the bigger brands, etc. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're growing basically your Naka Studios. And how how many people do you have on the team right now, actually? Um. So right now we have like three. I would call them full full time people, but that's mainly producers, um, communications. Uh. Then obviously myself. But then we, because of how long I've been in doing this and being in Los Angeles, obviously yeah. really helps. Um, I've made some great contacts that we just work together regularly on a lot of different nice. projects. So I think especially during a time like this in quarantine where everything's so, you know, uncertain and where things going to be going in the next mm -hmm. six months, year, even two years, um, keeping a lean team with low overhead from an agency standpoint is, I think, really just financially responsible. And being yeah. able to just utilize and bring together these really creative and talented people for specific projects um, has seemed to be the best way to kind of grow an agency during this time. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really exciting. Growing your own agency, I think yeah. it's a uh, next step. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like, it's always been a dream of mine and there's how, I mean, there's tons of creative agencies in Los Angeles and let mm -hmm. alone the world. Um, but you know, I think every small boutique agency, they've, they have their own special thing to offer. And that's what we're trying to do with like my philosophy on photography, product photography, and uh, trying to bring that life to pretty much stereotypically boring images. Um, I yeah. think that's what we can do for people. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so one of the bigger topics I was hoping to talk about today is TikTok. Oh, love TikTok. right now it's so important, I think. It's so important and you're doing so great on it. Um, so I was just wondering if, I mean, like, how did you start it all in all just to use TikTok? And um, yeah. what were your learnings from the beginning that you feel like helped you grow that quick? Because you're huge on TikTok, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so TikTok, that was, that was an interesting time time in my life and I haven't been on TikTok for very long it's probably not even a year yet and no no not even a year and the whole reason I started TikTok and yeah it's it's just funny I guess um so I was actually working in a full-time job as a content producer and so I was directing all the content for this brand and I I get very bored easily and I like to do a lot of different projects and I have a lot of, I had clients outside of my job and I was on a very close watch on my Instagram of what I was able to post because they only liked me promoting their brand. And right. so what TikTok was for me was an outlet. It wasn't uh, something for me to, 
share more work that I was doing and sh uh -huh. share more behind the scenes because that's something that I really enjoyed. And I think, you know, a year ago, I didn't know as many of these pages that had the behind the scenes and everything. And now I feel like I see them all the time, but I didn't see it as much. And I wanted to show that because it was the thing I enjoyed. So that that's why I got on TikTok. A friend of mine was just came to me and he was convincing me over months. He was like, dude, you need to get on TikTok, you know, try it out. I'm just like, no, I don't have time for this. I don't, I'm not going to jump on this thing that I have no idea what it is. Yeah. And every time I sign on and I, I still feel like I do like, I don't understand this. How, how, how does this work? Like, what is the point? Um, and so then I just find like, okay, let me give it a shot. And I uploaded some behind the scenes that I did and did a photo. And my first video got like, I think now it's at over a million, but Back then, my very first video when I had zero following got like, you know, 300,000 views. And I was like, whoa, this is, yeah. this is an amazing, just organic growth platform. And yeah. I can get my work out there. And that's what I utilized it for. And it was a really good marketing tool for me and a, and a kind of a escape from my day-to-day -day job and showing more of what I'm able to do beyond yeah. what I was doing full time. That's really fun. And did you see any big impact on your business after you started really growing on TikTok? So it probably took a little bit because I think I was just, this is right at the beginning of quarantine and the pandemic hit. And, you know, a lot, I mean, everybody went through their own personal issues and career issues. And um, so, and it was no different for me where I actually got laid off my, my full-time job and it was, a moment of, okay, I have two options. Mm -hmm. I can either sit here during this global pandemic and hope to get some new work or try or just wait it out. But I decided to use that time as just kind of experimenting. And that's when I started doing a lot more product photography where I would literally just walk down grocery aisles and see, you know, a Kit Kat bar because I love Kit Kats. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna grab a Kit Kat. Oh, a Hostess cupcake. and. You know, obviously there's a, a theme, all this junk food that I love to take photos of because at the end of the day, I get to actually eat it. Uh, and that's how it all started. And I would just grab these things and I just like to show, again, show action, motion, behind the scenes, and I would just do it for free and just for fun. Um, as I did that and the growing start or the following started growing and it really didn't affect Instagram at all. Um, but probably around like 60 or 70,000 followers is when I got my first reach out from a brand saying, Hey, we love your stuff. Um, would you be interested in doing something? And it was the first time that social media had gotten me a job. So that was kind of a shock for me. And I was like, wow, this is, again, this is a powerful marketing tool. Um, and that happened and we did really well. And it was, a, we did a couple other shoots after that. And then slowly things started kind of building up and then the following started translating over to my Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and from there it's, I think I've gotten more, more brand reach outs on an Instagram level, but the recognition that I've been getting from the brand saying like, if I get, jump on a call with, I mean, it doesn't I mean, like, so I did a shoot with White Claw. When I jumped on a shoot with White Claw, there was a, their, their marketing team said, Oh, we're big fans. We follow you on TikTok." So that helps get the conversation going. And it, yeah. it, it just, it makes it a lot more of a, just a good back and forth conversation versus like, hi, I'm Evan. I'm a photographer. Yeah. This is what I can do. 
It's they've seen what I can do. Now let's see what we can do together. Yeah. It's like an extra social proof and everything. Yeah, exactly. I bet the Instagram also grew so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. And uh, this is something I talk to a lot of people about and how I think, especially for creators and content creators, social media is the new resume. And that's what I think is just so important that people can utilize it well for whatever it might be. And it doesn't need, and it's not just for content creators, you know, interior designers, painters, um, any, anything that you're able to visually demonstrate what you're able to do. Instagram, even TikTok is very important to be, if you want to utilize it in that way. Yeah. Because um, again, I think TikTok does get like a little bit of a bad rap of, you know, it's, it's all the dancers and stuff. And it's like, I can't dance. I have no rhythm whatsoever. I know that's in the beginning what you think. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it can be used for a lot more than that. It's not really only like that. No, no it's definitely grown. And it's weird to say I learned so much from TikTok. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I know. And I you, think it's, it's really useful once get... you get into it and you know how it functions. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get lost. I mean, like I'm not even that big on TikTok. I think on TikTok, I have only 10,000 followers, something like that. But yeah. that already, I got like two reach outs for, um, for a shoot as well. Not from food, so it, I didn't really work through. But still, I got reach outs because of a TikTok. Because it's also yeah. so targeted within your own country, at least in the beginning. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah, it's very targeted. So some things like, since I'm obviously doing photos and videos and, and things like that, I have friends who are more into fashion. Like we'll see completely different things on our timelines or feeds and it'll, it'll extend us the, the videos that we want to see, but then also brands that are looking at that same kind of stuff, they're going to see your things more likely. Yeah. So it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really sick and really awesome that you, you grew so much. Like I, I thought you were doing it longer than a year, seriously. So do you have any tips how to grow faster <laughs> on TikTok or something like that? I think I wish I could do it more now. Now I've gotten so busy and it was a blessing in disguise when we first went into quarantine because I had a lot more time in my hands. Um, I was just very consistent. And I think that's no new news to anybody else. It's consistent is key. It's not a it's not a joke. It's or it's not one of those like, oh, you should just do it. It is 100% probably the most important thing you can do on TikTok is be consistent and stay within your genre, niche, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mine was education and I would show behind the scenes. And that's how I think I was able to grow. And I was posting, you know, two to three times a day, every day. And I think I did it for like six or seven months before I even skipped one day of posting. Um, and I, and for me, it was a little bit different because I had this backlog of so much stuff. Cause like I said, I wasn't able to show it on my Instagram account. So I just saved all these videos and I was like, what am I going to do with these? So then I pieced them all together and put them on TikTok instead. So I had like a year's worth of content that I was able to use throughout, you know, the six months I first started out on TikTok. Well, that's amazing. Cause I was also wondering indeed, how are you? How are you making it? Because if you have shoots all day and then you're still working for your own business, now you have your studios. I mean, 
how do you still have time to <laughs> film and create TikTok videos in the meantime? It sounds, and then two to three a day, it sounds like a lot of work yeah. for me. It takes like one video a week <laughs> that I can produce. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. no idea how you're doing that. I can't, I can't do it as much anymore. Like if I can get one out a day, I'm pretty happy. Um, but that's like, still a lot. One a day. That's like <laughs> five a week. Chief. Yeah. Well, so that's what I try and do at least for my stuff. Cause no matter what, I'm always taking photos like that, it, whether it's for yeah. a client, whether it's for myself, for fun, I'm always taking photos. If I'm able to grab some type of behind the scenes, I can at least turn that into a video that shows how I'm getting the shot. So in my case, it is easier. Whereas if, you know, what if you're doing skits or you're doing mm -hmm. um, funny pranks? I don't know. Like th those might be a lot harder to try and do three pranks in one day, but consistency is key if you want to grow on TikTok, if you want to go on instagram you you have to be very very consistent yeah that makes sense and then would you say quality matters or repeating similar content all the time or something like that i think it goes it goes both both ways so mm -hmm. i think there are times to kind of copy viral trends i don't think it's smart for someone to do a viral trend that doesn't make sense for them. So I've done it sometimes mm -hmm. where I've done like a viral trend and I'll switch it into something that fits me. So I'll incorporate a camera or something. There was a, this is just for an example, there's a trend with, I don't know if you saw this, like on the TikTok thing where they had the waterfall effect and they, people were like making cool, like smoke things with their faces. And as it went down, it froze them. I don't know if you saw that. Anyways, so no, I didn't saw that it, it was okay. like, it, it was a trend and it was like a filter that they were using. And I was like, okay, how can I use this as a, for, for me, for what I do. And so what I did was I, I used a camera and I stretched out the lens really long. So that way it was like, here's my brand new zoom lens. And it was like, you know, ridiculously like that long and I was taking a photo with it. And it was like, this is my 70 to 2000 millimeter lens. And uh -huh. people liked it because it was like, it was on trend with a, a viral thing that was going around, but it still fit with what I did. Um, and so there is that side of it. But then going back to what I was saying about social media being the new resume, be careful of what you're always putting out there. Because if you want to use it to get clients, you need to make sure your work is at the quality standards that clients are going to want it at. If you're always posting viral trends or you're always posting just kind of like whatever content, it's not going to be great. You might grow and get a following, but it's not going to be great for brands wanting to reach out to you. Yeah. Um, and I think if that's what you want, you need to be really mindful of how you're using it. Ooh, interesting. And then um, now to get in the more technical oh, yeah. way of TikTok. Let's do it. So <laughs> Do you film it like with a camera or do you film it with your phone or something? Do you put it on hand, like on stand or do you film it with your... Uh, all of the above. Uh, so I think... Really? All of the above. Yeah, it's... I really think that... So DSLR cameras are great for the professional side of it. So if I'm doing a photo, I'm always going to take a picture with my DSLR camera because that's also what kind of sets me apart mm -hmm. from you know, a mobile photographer or anything else. So I always want to make sure I'm taking photos with just like my, my Sony a7R4. That's what my go-to camera is. Now, all the behind the scenes, I always use an iPhone. And I think TikTok, whether it's TikTok that likes it more or the people like it more, 
it just feels more organic and natural versus a well-produced, you know, cinematic video that you're putting on TikTok. That's not what TikTok is for. Um, I have a lot of friends who are super talented and they're trying to do what they've done on Instagram, which is, you know, these really beautifully produced, good music, all of this kind of stuff on Instagram. And they take those videos and they put it on TikTok and they flop. And it's because the overly produced things on TikTok, they just don't do as well. You're not using trending music. You're not hitting that audience of catch it in the now, not something that you've sat at a computer and edited mm -hmm. for, you know, a week. And then you're putting it on there. People, it's just not the same for TikTok as it is for like Instagram. Yeah, I, fe I felt that. It's more like dirtier behind the scenes, actual yeah. life kind of thing. While Instagram is all pretty and perfect. Exactly. And I think it, it, it's fine like that. You know, TikTok has its place. Instagram has its place. YouTube, they're all similar, but they, they call for different things. And then um, editing, how do you edit your TikToks? Like within TikTok or Splice or something else? <laughs> I can't, I, I can't stand TikTok editing. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> like, I, I think I'm just too spoiled with like, using Premiere Pro and things. So right. when I'm, sitting, yeah. I'm sitting on TikTok, it takes me forever to try and like edit something where I'm like, all right, screw it. I uh, throw it on my Premiere Pro and cut it really quick and then export it. Um, so I think I've probably edited one video out of however many that I've ever posted on TikTok. Um, but that's just because I find it really difficult. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. yeah, it probably requires more time. And putting that text over, like I try doing in the TikTok, it's just, whew. Yeah, it I do, disappearing I the, when you put it. Jesus. And, yeah, yeah and I do the text overlays on TikTok. But when it comes to splicing things up, cutting things, and maybe adding effect, Premiere. I can't can't do it on TikTok. But text overlays is also it takes so long as it keeps disappearing and then you have to wait till whole video passes and then you can do it again <laughs> yeah. and then again and then again. <gasps> you know you know the pain. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing too. Because the other thing is I'm an awful awful speller. I can't spell worth a damn. And TikTok doesn't spell check <laughs> when you're doing it in the uh -oh. on screen captions. And the amount of times that I've uploaded things, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I spelled something wrong. And I have to take it down and just like, oh, it's embarrassing. So that's another downfall. Oh, no. Please, TikTok, if you're listening, spell check. I would love that. It would make my life so much easier. <laughs> make it a bit more optimized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. So that was TikTok. Very good tips. Very exciting. Yeah. I want to try things out now. Next thing I want to talk about a bit more about commercial photography, because you, I saw, worked with uh, really exciting brands, like, for example, White Claw, right? And then Chubby. I don't know how Chubby, to pronounce yeah. it. Chubby. Chubby. Yeah, I saw that's really cool. So I wonder, um, how do you find your clients or do clients find you right now? Because you're bigger on social media, let's say. Um. So right now, for sure, clients have been finding me a lot more just because of the social media growth and uh, going back to me, what I'm saying about the marketing potential of what social media is, that's, that's where it comes in really, really useful is getting clients. And when you don't have to reach out and you're not prospecting and they're coming to you directly, it just makes your life so much easier. Um, that doesn't go, that doesn't mean I haven't gone out and trying to find clients, but right now, uh, the bulk of what I'm getting are from either clients that have found me on social media or clients that I've worked with, and then it's word of mouth. Um, I think that's, nice. that's still one of the most important, important like marketing tools that any photographer or anything you're doing is this word of mouth relationships that you're building. 
make sure you're over delivering, making sure you're keeping the client happy. You're doing everything with a smile because when you're, when, when you make their, their life harder, they're not going to want to work with you anymore. And that's the whole point of a brand coming to you is yes, you, you have talent, you are good, but to them, you are making their life easier. It's why anybody hires anybody for a job. If you're not making that person's life easier, they're not going to want to work with you. So keep that in mind. Anytime you're working with anyone, make it easier. You're probably going to get a repeat client and you never know who they're going to know. No, that's true. They're problem solvers, not problem makers. As exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're just like, oh, I don't know, I can't get this edit done or yeah. you miss deadlines or anything like that, it, it sticks and they're going to remember that even though it might be a really small thing. Yeah. I'm curious, do you work a lot with social media event agencies or do you work directly with the clients? I wonder how it's a certain... Both. You know, um, yeah, it's... I've worked directly with the brands. Um, like Chubby's, I worked directly with that brand. And the way that I got hooked up with them was through word of mouth from another brand I did work with. And they found me on social media. And it was this one, and it's called Truff. Um, it's a Truff sauce, and it's really, it's really, really good. Not a plug for them, but it is really, really yes. good. Yeah. And I did a shoot with them. And it was just kind of like at the very beginning of my TikTok, social media growth. Yeah. And they said, you know, we have a small budget. We want to do this. And I was like, oh, you know what? I just want to do it. I just thought it was like a cool idea. Oh, I really liked the brand and I just did it. And because of that one shoot, I've probably gotten 10 new clients from it because I just handled Sick. it with a smile, did over delivered, um, kept them yeah. up to date with all the analytics. Cause I think it's really important for brands to know, you know, the engagement conversions, uh, you know, any type of traffic that's going to them, especially if it's good. Like, and that also helps too. The video itself, I think had like 3 million views. So that was, I was able to be like, Hey, look at what happened when we worked together. And then because of that, they went and told all their, their circle and they came to me. Now we're all working together. Amazing. Yeah. Is that the one with the ketchup flying all over? Yeah. Like ketchup, I mean one. the sauce, sorry, the sauce. No, no, I mean, it looks kind of like ketchup. Uh, yes, that was, <laughs> that was the one with the truffles hanging down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I saw that. Nice. Yeah, that, that one was really messy. That one made my garage stink uh, for a long time. <laughs> I'm curious. Do you, do you create these ideas or do you work with some art director do, or is it a brand that comes up and says, hey, I want things flying. Can you do you this? Usually it's, it's me. Um, I'll, I might brainstorm with the client or, you know, other people that I hire for the job. Um, but for the yeah. most part, it's, it's me just like, honestly, I'm just messing around. I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. Let's take, let's take hot sauce and throw it at a bottle and see what happens. And, yeah. uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it, it works out terribly and it makes a huge mess. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever saw any of like the behind the scenes pictures where, I had like this plastic tarp laid out all throughout the yeah. studio and it was probably like 20 feet by 20 feet. And yeah. when, after the shoot, you look down, it was just like, the, it looked like a bloody mess. Cause there's red sauce and it was just everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, this looks like a crime scene. Um, but we got the shot and that's all that matters to me. And uh, it's something I always preach to people is like, I don't really, I don't really care 
what everything else outside the frame looks like. It can be yeah. messy. It can be jimmy rigged. It can use utilize what you can. I mean, to give you an example, the things that I'm hanging the truff off of, uh, the truffles yeah. off of, was a kitchen sink grate that was in my kitchen sink, and I just took that and I put it on two stands and I duct taped it to there, and I took fishing wire that was lying around and I hung the truffles off yeah. of it. So I'm utilizing things that are around me because all that matters is, you know, whatever's in that little frame. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. super creative. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes I get stuck with ideas how to actually do that indeed. Yeah, oh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I also wanted to dive into this action shot because I shoot a lot of action shots and I always, um, you know, sometimes I get stuck. For example, how do you decide whether, you know, you're going to hang things or you're going to throw things? depending on what's maybe easier, how many hands I have on <laughs> with me. If, if I have extra hands, I'll, I'll try and throw things um, or have somebody hold something so I don't have to rely on strings holding stuff. But I mean, yeah. especially in the beginning, I was just doing all these shoots by myself. So it was, I'd have a remote in my hand or actually in the very beginning, I didn't even have a remote. I would just do a self timer and that was awful because, <laughs> and I'd use, I, in the beginning, I also used hot lights instead of strobes, uh, continuous okay. lighting. That way I was able to just like rapid fire the, the shots, just put it on like a, yeah. a burst. And then, you know, I'd be standing over the corner, set my timer and I'd throw something yeah. at whatever it was. And I'd do it like 20 times to see if I can get the shot. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that works. But now that the shoots are getting bigger, having hands, more hands on deck, is I'm able to get a little bit more intricate, a little bit more thoughtful mm -hmm. instead of my old process of throw and like pray that I get a good shot. <laughs> yeah, because for me, throwing is way more fun. I yeah. like it a lot than I can throw stuff and like cacao powder or whatever. But uh, hanging, I think, gives you more control. But to hang it also is quite difficult, I find it. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. On, it depends on what you're hanging too. Like sometimes if you're hanging things that can break really easily, especially if yeah. you're throwing something at it. Um, like, uh, I mean, Photoshop is a beautiful thing too. So I've also done where I think it was the rose. I did a rose image and yeah. I set a rose on fire. Don't try that home because I did almost put it on my studio. <laughs> So I had the rose and then I wanted to catch rose petals falling behind it. Now, lighting a rose on fire and trying to take pictures and trying to drop roses was unrealistic for me to do all at the same time because when I lit my rose on fire, like I put gasoline on it. So <laughs> it was so bad. I saw the video. It just it, went into the It just place. went up and the thing I had it sticking in was just, I didn't think it through. That caught on fire. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank God nobody saw that because it's so embarrassing. And so what I did with the rose petals to save my studio and potentially like my head of hair so it didn't burn off um, was I took took like a piece of a pencil and I just uh, taped rose petals in there and I went and took photos yeah. individually of oh, the petals gosh. floating around and then I compiled it in Photoshop. Uh, and that way, you know, I can, it was a lot easier for me. So also try to figure out the easiest way to do it for yourself. Right. That just gives you more work with Photoshop, but in the beginning, it's easier to capture it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Never tried that yet. Yeah. Uh, compositing has been something that I've been doing a lot since like the beginning of my product photography, because yeah. a lot of my shots are left up to chance. And 
every photo is going to be different, if, especially if you're throwing things at it. Um, and you might almost get that shot where, let's say, here I have a bottle right here. So you have a bottle right here and it, it splashes against the bottom, but you're like, shoot, I really want the water to hit up here as well. So then you take a second shot, you aim up here, and then in post, I'll compile it together. So it feels like this really overwhelming tidal wave that's coming over your, your bottle. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then probably capturing first just the bottle with no. Um, I always like love to take throw? safety. Yeah. Always love to take safety shots. That way, logos are in focus. Um, the bottle or whatever the product might be, it's, you know, it's well lit. You're not relying on because once you start throwing things in there, I mean, it's going to change lighting. And at the end of the day, it's still a product shot and it has to be displayed really, really premiumly. And um, another question that comes out of this, because I, indeed you do a lot of throwings and splashings and etc. How do you protect your equipment? Because, <laughs> I mean, it must go all Everywhere. over, right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've gotten better, but yeah, in the beginning I was not taking care of it. I would just, I don't know. I, for some reason I thought my equipment was invincible. And that's not the case. So like I would be splashing chocolate milk and stuff around. And then after my 10th take, I'd look at my lens and the lens is just covered in chocolate milk. And I'm just like, oh no. Um, so I've gotten better. You know, I use plexiglass. I'll use tarps, yeah. um, especially for like the trough shoot that I did. That one I yeah. knew was going to get really messy and I did not want to get that on my camera or my lenses. Um, yeah. So like that one, I did a plexiglass thing in front of the lens. So I was shooting through that. Uh -huh. And then I took plastic tarp sheets and I gaffer taped it around my lens and created like a housing around my camera. Oh, and then I yeah. brought it over my head. So I was like sitting it under this tent and I would take photos of it. Yeah. But I've gotten better and more thoughtful about it because camera equipment uh -huh. is expensive and I've, yeah. I've lost some things on set doing, just going for it. Yeah. I bet. I feel like I'm not yet protective enough. So that's why I'm asking because I mean, whatever I shoot, I also like to do all these kinds of explosions and things. And I don't yeah. yet put anything in front of my camera, which I think is a terrible idea. So you got to be careful because liquids or powders, even powders yeah. are dangerous because they can get, if they find their way into like a crevice yeah. or into your lens, if it's not weather sealed. Um, oh yeah. It can ruin your camera. And yeah, I've, I've lost yeah. lenses. I just learned to take it from experience. Oh, God. That, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that probably I should start looking into and the ple plexiglass that didn't, that didn't affect quality or anything was okay. No, you know, it, for the most part it didn't. And that's where I think the safety images come out really nice. So I'll take my, my one image of the bottle with the, the logo showing really crystal clear that will have nothing in front of the lens and then uh, for like the splashing shots, I can put the plexiglass mm. in front of it and then shoot through it. And it still comes out fairly, fairly good, but then I'll take that original photo yeah. and put it in there to make sure that the logo is the best it possibly can be. And let's say when you shoot for shoots like that, like, and especially if it's for client, I bet you have some sort of, um, let's say time timeline or deadline for yourself, right? So let's say you shot for chubby if i'm pronouncing that correctly yeah, chubby's. No, you got chubby. it right <laughs> yeah. yeah good so you had like uh, these little clouds hanged um and then they were dipped in i think um peanut butter or something like that yeah because yeah. something was dripping so how long a shoot like that takes 
Uh, I mean, how long for one picture you work, let's say? Uh, it all depends. I think that chubby shoot was a full day shoot. So we probably started around like 9.30 a.m., somewhere around there, and then went into the mm -hmm. evening. Probably got done around like 7.30, 8, 8 o'clock at night. Um, but we took a bunch of photos. I think we took a total. Oh, okay. Uh, I think final deliverables were like mid-20 photos, somewhere around that, like fully In edited. one day? Yeah, I worked really fit, Whoa. really fast. Um, I don't. Sick. I don't like to belabor a photo when I feel I have it, I move on. Yeah. Um, and that's how my workflow goes. Um, I will, it's, there are obviously shots that will take longer than others. Like the ones with, well, actually the ones with the clouds dipping into the peanut butter, that one didn't take as long as I thought it was gonna take. The one that took a lot longer were, you know, stringing up individual um, sandwiches had the bag underneath it and then built like a tower yeah. of uh, fruit. And then I did like a fruit rainbow. That one took a long time because that's a lot more product food styling. And that can take a that's really long styling. time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the one where mm -hmm. I just like dipped it in, that probably took me like 30 minutes, if that. Oh, that's really quick. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you work fast. I work really fast. I. I yeah, I don't. Oh, that's good. I don't see the point in spending too too long on one product shot or anything like that. Especially, I mean, if you can, if you need to, definitely do it. But if I'm able to move yeah. on and get more from my client and give them a, like, I think for that shoot, I told them I was going to give them ten photos. But I just got really yeah. into the moment and I gave them a full day shoot. I'm going to give you whatever I can get yeah. in this shoot. The more ideas that we come up yeah. with, um, we're just going to shoot it. And we'll give it to you. And so if I'm able to work fast, that means I can get more uh, work to the client and then they're ultimately more happy and then we get more work on the back yeah. end of it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So a little bit under promising or to, so to say, yeah, to just make sure that the client work. comes out happy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So saying that I will do about 10 pictures, but if it works out, maybe more and then delivering all 20, that's amazing. Yeah, I always try yeah. and get like a couple more or like uh, maybe if I have a different concept because we'll put together a mood board and shot list before we do it. But then on set, and you, you, I'm sure you do the same thing where like you see something, you're like, oh, this would be really cool if we tried this and I'll shoot it yeah. because I'd rather shoot it, show it to them. Like here's also yeah. something else I did for you and how like my creative works and maybe that will spark another conversation of, I really like that one shot you did. Can we do more with other products? Yeah. Um, so that, that keeps the conversation going with clients. Oh, that's interesting. And then do you basically, cause, um, most sounds like you already have some sort of shot list beforehand that you want to tick, or do you completely freestyle the whole time um, for the client? Shoot? The time, I've had, I've had clients that do both where it'll be a very specific shot list where it'll even say like product here with flower rose petals on the left have a cloud floating in the background um, that's no bigger than two inches on screen. You know, it'll be oh very, God. very specific. Uh, and yeah. then I'll have ones that'll say, you know, get us 10 photos and make it awesome. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Uh, oh, that's the best. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I yeah. Mean, it's either one I can, I work with it. I always like to tell my new clients that say that, I like to have a little bit more direction because, mm -hmm. you know, when they see some of my shots, they're like, wow, you know, your white cloth yeah. shot was amazing. 
Oh, we want yeah. you to, we want you to shoot our product and we trust your creative yeah. vision and you can just do it. Well, the thing about the white claw image that they're not looking at, they're not looking at the white claw image with a scrutinizing eye because it's not mm -hmm. their brand. It's somebody else's. So they can, they just get to enjoy the art of it. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. Now what white claw is seeing is, does this fit my brand? Is everything yeah. in focus? Is my logo perfect? Are there dents in the can? Are there smudges anywhere? Is it, you know, they're looking at more of the technical side. So what they're seeing is very different than what another brand is seeing. So every brand to me is different in that when you tell me just go for it, I always warn them. I'm like, the reason why you love these other shots is because you're not attached to them. So I want to make sure that you're attached to the shot that we're shooting, not the white claw image or the chubby's images, because you're going to have, you're, you're going to have a lot more feedback than what you're looking at, uh, of some other brands. Um, so I think that's really important for them to realize. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you beforehand some sort of send like a treatment or something to just agree on a styling, at least something. So you don't just go create something, then send to them and they're like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's 100%. Good, uh, I have yeah. to do that. I've done it in the past where <laughs> I have just freestyled it. And they're like, and that's why I do this now is because they'll say, go create yeah. 10 images and we trust you. And then I'll go shoot something. And then they're like, well, we were hoping to shoot <laughs> it at the beach. We were hoping like, see, you do have an idea of what you want. Yeah. You just aren't telling yeah. me. And now you're going to put it on me as I didn't deliver what you wanted, but you didn't tell me what you wanted and told me to do whatever I wanted to. Uh, so yes, I think a scope of work is really important. First outlining, these are going to be how many deliverables you're going to get. This is when you're going to get them, um, what to expect, just to set a baseline and then have a mood board, inspo board, vibes, colors, um, anything that just helps give more direction so that there aren't any negative surprises at the end. So you're not like, Oh, I wanted at the beach, but you shot it in a park and now I can use any of these and we were, we don't want to pay you. And it's like, and then it just ruins a relationship like that. So the more upfront work pre-production you can do, the better. That's good. Yeah. Not only it saves time guidance, but you also know exactly what the client will want without any surprises. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they know what they're going to be getting and. I mean, also, you can also go back to the, the scope of work or the mood board and be like, no, we both agreed yeah. on this type of photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what yeah. you wanted. Now it's yeah. you. They can't say anything or just put pure blame on you. Yeah, exactly. Cover your so butt. That's very important. Yeah. And do they come usually on a shoot with you or do you keep sending images through online or you just first shoot and then deliver, edit it and that's it? I think it, de it depends on how big the client is. Um, usually mm -hmm. if it's a younger startup, they won't want to be on set. They'll just say, you know, we'll do the whole scope of work, mood boards, inspo, and then I'll go shoot. Yeah. And I might, I might send them like a snapshot of what we're doing here or there. Um, and so they can just kind of be a part of the experience. Um, with larger brands, they 100% want to be on Zoom calls or be there or and. It takes so much longer, but it, it is yeah, good. It takes a yeah. very long time, and it, it is good because a lot of times there's a lot more money behind the project, so we want to make sure everybody's happy. 
but going through the amount of approvals, oh my god, I, oh, I wish I could yeah. I could share a story right now, but I can't because it still hasn't been released yet. But maybe in the future I can come back on here and tell you about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it takes so much longer. <laughs> no, that's true. I uh, yeah. I've been there too. Yeah. But the worst for me was now like during Corona, not always client can be on set. So I also had the ones where I have to send through what's up, let's say the images like online for them to approve. Yeah. And I think that's the worst. And I think that should be maybe not even there because that really like sometimes I would have to wait 30 or 40 minutes to get an approval. Exactly. While I have a lot of images that I have to shoot. It's um, And you can't, you can't break down your set and you can't reset your, your something. No. Else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what yeah. just happened to me. So I, I feel your pain. I understand yeah. it, and it just drives me insane. Because <laughs> you are just because, like I said, you know, I work really fast. So when I'm not working fast, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. it's the worst for me. I get you. Nice. Okay. So a couple more. We're almost, 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 almost done. Yeah. No, this so is great. Oh yeah. So it seems like you're having a lot of fun uh, at your work as you have all these throwings and everything. Yeah. Like in, also in TikTok, you can see that you're having fun. So I wonder like, um, what is most fun for you at your work? I really enjoy working with friends. Um, that's probably my biggest thing is like every shoot I can do and incorporate my, my friends, my fiance, my, my producer that I work with really closely, you know, he, uh, I was his best man in his wedding. So it's like, that to me is, that to me is like, it's just, it makes the experience so much better when you get to share it with people around you that are doing it because they believe in what you're doing and they're just having fun at the same time. So like, I think the trough one is such a perfect example because everybody shooting in that video was either my fiance like one of my best friends and then his wife. And since we had a bunch of truffles, we were going to have a truffle dinner at the end of at the end of the shoot. And that was like our, our goal was, you know, we'll get the shoot done and then we're going to make a truffle risotto and steak and like make like this really nice dinner with all these truffles. Um, so it's like that to me is like the best part of everything. Obviously I love creating images getting the feedback from clients that are saying, this is amazing. This is good work. We'd love to work with you again. That makes it worth it as well. But I have been on sets where things can get really stressful and things just don't, they're not working out. So the more I can smile and have fun and people around me that are just positive and don't make it feel like work, it just feels like messing around with some friends, um, the better. Uh, and that's, that to me is, is my favorite part in all of this. Oh, that's really cool. So you build a team around you from people that you already kind of know and I try to. working with. And of course, you know, their their throwing abilities can only go so far. So I'm not gonna take my one of my friends and put him behind a camera because he doesn't want to <laughs> operate it. But when I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I need somebody to toss something or throw something, you know, I'll give him a call. I'm like, hey Matt, you know, I need this. Would you be able to come over? Yeah. Uh, like we'll do this shoot and then we can have uh I got like ten cases of white claw, so then we can drink white claw <laughs> afterwards and drink while we're t getting this sh this photo uh and it is mm -hmm. like yeah of course like this is going to be fun um but then of course for like the bigger shoots that require more technical aspects i'll hire the people but i also only hire people that i get along with that we can just have fun with on set yeah that makes sense nice um do you have 
um, for the listeners, let's say some recommended books or some, I don't know, bloggers or influencers or anything um, that you think inspires you and your work or can teach them more about photography? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a ton of great like YouTube channels out there. I mean, Daniel Schiffer, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Like he's got incredible really videos. Uh, his yeah. uh, another one is Austin Paul. He's got some amazing videos as well. Uh, then there's, I mean, I look at photographers and videographers all the time. Um, yeah. I, I think to me, I used to get caught up in the motion or the emotion of man, that person's so good. I'll never be as good as them. And I still go through it all the time. I think every one of us has that moment of like, Oh, I love my show, my photo. And then I'll see somebody else and like, I hate my photo. My like, photo yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. And we all go yeah. through it and it, I still do it. But I used to, instead, what I used to do was I used to shut that out and I was like, Oh, I don't want to look at their stuff. And I just want to focus on mine and uh -huh. my work. And that worked for a while for me. But then I started realizing that, no, I can learn from these people. I can watch them. I can, mm -hmm see what they're doing and change it, make it my own. And I think that's even more valuable than paying attention solely to your work and not comparing to other people, because that is true. And you shouldn't compare your work at that time with somebody else that has been doing this for a long time or shooting a different style, yeah. but being able to look at them from more of a um, educational standpoint and say, what, what are they doing that I can use in my workflow? Uh, so depending on what the, my my job will entail so like somebody that i i really look up to in portrait yeah. photography uh his name is john sams he does a lot of beauty beauty photography he shoots with like some of the mm -hmm. biggest beauty influencers uh, in the game and his photos are amazing but mm -hmm. i'm i wouldn't consider myself a beauty photographer but i still want to learn it and when i'm on set with him and i'm shooting a video for the same person he's doing beauty shots of I'll, I'll pick his brain. I'll ask him like, Oh, what lights are you using? How you set this up? Or are you using this as a fill light? Why would you do that opposed to doing this? Yeah. And well, people are out there and they're much more willing to give you educational tips than you realize. Yeah. The, yep. it, everybody likes to feel valued and asking people questions. Um, it actually, you'll, you'll get a lot better responses than I think you think. I agree. I don't think yeah. it's very important. And then, of course, you know, I look at the uh, the big people, the Annie Leibovitzes, the Platons there, uh, yeah. like love his work. One of my favorite photographers in the game, his name is Mick Rock. Um, he shot, yeah, he's much older now, but he shot celebrities and rock stars from the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, Queen, um, all yeah. of these and now he's shooting, you know, Justin Bieber and all of those people today. But he he's taught me a lot because he was one of those photographers that he just picked up a camera, started shooting, didn't go to school for it. He made good relationships. He's also got a, a crazy story. I mean, you can imagine living the rock star life back in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. He has stories, uh, but he's just he had a philosophy that on his documentary that I, I just found so, so important because one, he talks about the relationships and just being in the moment, but then two, he talks about the technical aspects as don't overcomplicate your shoots. Don't overcomplicate your lighting. 
if you have an idea, go and shoot it. If you have, he's, he also mentions that he doesn't understand why photographers complicate light so much and lighting can be so complicated. Yeah. He's like, I have one light and here's a guy that shot everybody. I have one light. I use, uh-huh. if I don't like where it is, I move it. I don't think about Rembrandt. Sure. Lighting. I don't think about, you know, split lighting or butterfly lighting, all of these different things. I move the light to where I like it and I take my photo and I move on. And that's just how he takes photos. And, you know, it, it's worked for him and it's a philosophy. I try to remember when I'm overcomplicating either a creative yeah. idea, a photo, uh, a setup. Um, it's just like, shoot it, move, shoot it, move, shoot it, move. Uh, yeah. Instead of just trying to make it perfect right out of the gate. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Is there somewhere his biography or something? Or where did you find out? Um, so I've, I followed Mick Rock for a while now, but then he just came out with a documentary called Shot. It was on Netflix. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's on there anymore, but if you can watch it and if you, well, it makes it yeah. much better if you enjoy like that era of music. Um, I really do. So it's just like, killing two birds with one stone. I was like, Oh, I get to learn about David Bowie and Jagger and Pink Floyd while I'm also learning about photography and this guy's life. Yeah. I was like, this is the greatest documentary ever. Um, but it's called shot. I would check it out, uh-huh. look it up, stream it. Um, okay. It's really good. It's really good. I'll check. Curious. Yeah. Nice. Ooh, how exciting. A lot of, a lot of exciting information and nice, uh, nice closing advice, I think. Um, <laughs> So the last, last question, basically, where can the listeners find you? What's the best way to follow you and to see your work and learn from you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, every, YouTube. I'm starting to do much more in-depth tutorials on YouTube, which are going to be, because like my TikTok is more of like the 15 second high level YouTube. I'll dive into it a lot more, talk about a little bit more of the technical side of it, how I'm setting things up. But everything is Evan underscore Naka. Uh, YouTube is just Evan Naka. Um, but yeah, follow me there. I try and respond to a lot of DMs and uh, answer questions. I'll do daily tips. Um, so yeah, look forward to seeing anybody that follows me. <laughs> yeah, nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah, no, this um, has been a lot of fun. It was super, super interesting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this has been great.